0: Oklahoma Archery, everything archery based out of Oklahoma for Oklahoma. Let's get it started. Welcome, everybody, to Oklahoma Archery. I'm David Bosca.
1: I'm Neil Cooley. Guys, today we got Ryan Thomason with us. He's one of our local pros from Oklahoma, down in the southern part of the state. And we're going to pick his brain today on just about everything from indoor to 3D to how to set up a bow to shoot good. Ryan, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good, man. I appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, we're going to let Dave go through your your intro material. we got your tutor resume here. We're going to tell everybody what we know about you, and we'll let you fill in the rest here real quick.
2: All right. Sounds good.
0: Well, what we have is Ryan Thompson. He's a 41-year-old gentleman. Married to Amanda Thompson, they've got for uh, thirteen years. They've got three children, and I am not going to mention their names because I will mess it up. Um, (laughs) You've been shooting. Say you you mentioned the names. What's your names?
2: Uh, It's Albany. It's Albany Baylor and Corbin.
0: Uh, The Albany is the one I would have messed up. (laughs) And you've been shooting (laughs) for thirty four years. Seventeen of those years have been competitive. Six, yes, profe- sir. I'm sorry, two professionally. You've had six national podiums in 2021. You were the national ASA semi pro shooter of the year, and you're going on a third year as the open in open pro as an ASA. And your sponsors are garden Archery, Black Eagle Arrows, Conquest Stabilizers, Hamsky Archery, Shrewd Archery, B3 Archery. Flex Fletch Veins, and winter hawk Outfitters, which is also probably to more people known as Toad Strings. You presently yes, have a full-time job, but you're a part-time owner and director of the G2 Outdoors Shooting Academy in Ardmore, Oklahoma. So that covers a wide variety. Let's just jump right back up to the top of that, okay? That okay. Four years of shooting, 17 years competitive. Let's go all the way back to year one. Tell us what type of competitive archery you started in.
2: So, so I, I originally started just shooting, uh, just shooting a bow. My, my mom, my mom bought me a little old Browning, little micro Midas back in the uh, mid nineties. And, um, I, uh, start shooting that. And, and then, uh, it wasn't until 98, my, uh, my bow broke. There's a local guy here in Ardmore and um my bow broke, string broke on it, and we took it in and he looked at it and uh he said something to me that I, I I I've carried with me my entire life really and career when it comes to working with kids and things like that. And he I asked him, I said, Can you fix my bow? And he said, Well, fixing is not the problem. He goes, Making it where this never happens to you again. That's what I'm shooting for. And that really, I mean, that really stuck with me and uh Uh, he, uh, introduced me to 3D archery and, uh, I started shooting, uh, I started shooting, I guess I would have been 12 years old and, um, just, uh, you know, just being, shooting 3D targets, not actually competing, competing until about a year later. And then that's when, uh, my family and I started traveling the IBO circuit. That was when it was in Texas, uh. Before ASA really kinda of kicked off, but the IBO was really big in Texas, the Texas Triple Crown down at Cowtown and Abilene Bow Hunters and uh, Carthage, Texas, Brownwood. We we went all over, but we also um we competed in the national IBO uh, circuit uh in, in uh climber, New York, places like that. So I did that for right out about uh four I guess for five years, I traveled uh, with my parents all over the country shooting. And I shot for the I shot for Oneida Eagle Bows, shot for Easton. And I really, 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 uh, really loved it. It was a lot of fun.
0: You know, I knew one person from Ardmore in the archery business back in the 90s, and it was Bob Thurman.
2: Bob Thurman. I know that. Yes, sir. I know that name. I hadn't heard that name in a long time,
0: but I do know (laughs) that
2: name. He made a lot of stabilizers, um, and I want to
0: say strings, but I don't think it was more strings. I'm thinking it was stabilizers, and he had a machine shop, and he really did some fine-tuning on,
2: I think, modules and cams and stuff like that. Well, so now the guy that—so he might have had an alias, but uh, his name is Richard Lacoste. We called him P.A. He's the guy who actually— taught me all that and he had a machine shop and he made stabilizers and built strings as well. Ah,
0: I wonder if it ain't then. Okay. Yeah. He, he might he he might have gone by a different cat. <laughs> <laughs> Once he come north of um uh I I forty it becomes something different, didn't it? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, it's probably it has to be the same guy. Oh, it has to be. Absolutely. Um so you you've had six national podiums. Have they
2: been three D? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, so that's just to kind of just fast forward a little bit. I I played college football and um, got married, had kids, and everything. And I, I took a once I uh, that's what actually made me stop shooting archery in high school. Is I I went down to I played football at Southeastern Oklahoma State University, and um, I started to uh, um, you know I just got on the football thing. I did football for for a long time. I coached it and. When I got I got out of coaching, um, you know, unfortunately, which is sad, and be paid more, in my opinion. But uh, I had to do something different. I got into the oil field, and uh, but I still wanted to compete, and I, uh, I decided to get back, take up 3D archery, and that's um, that's where it really kicked off. Um, you know, got my big 3D archery was. Uh, you know, in the country with the ASA and uh, I didn't know who Dan McCarthy or Levi Morgan. I didn't know any of those people. I didn't know who they were. I just, when I got back into it, I knew that I wanted to, uh, I wanted to do what they were doing. And so uh, I set a goal you know, when I got back into it that I was going to be, a. I wanted to be a pro in five years and uh took me seven, but I made it. So that was uh, Congratulations. a, well, I appreciate that. Yeah, that's a lot of, that's, 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 it's something that, you know, there's a lot, of, I'm learning, especially with the academy. I get a lot of people coming in that, you know, a lot of middle aged, I say middle aged, you know, 20s, 30s, 40s that are just, they're competitors. You know, they're, they're, they've always been competitors. They always played high school or college sports. And then, you know, they don't really have a, a venue or a, an outlet to go compete. the archery or archery, but you can become a professional at it. And, uh, um, not just, a, I mean, a, a, you know, a professionally that's nationally televised, nationally known, there's a huge circuit. It's just, it's just so cool that, you know, you're the people call them the old glory days. Well, I mean, you can get right back into it, you know what I mean? And actually get to experience that and have a goal and, and, um, uh, and strive to achieve those goals. It's, it's really neat.
0: I tell you, it's funny. You mentioned Dan McCarthy, the last year that I shot semi-pro, and that, was, and that was just before my back surgery and I got completely out of 3D, I remember he was in one of my groups and I couldn't tell you even what course, I mean what um, state or anything. I remember shooting with him and he either won or got second at that particular uh, shoot. And I remember the rest of the group, we all were saying – that guy's got a future in this sport. That kid's going to do good. And yep. And now the rest is history. But I do remember shooting with him, thinking, "Wow, this dude is lighting it up out here on this course." Yeah.
2: There's, there's a uh, to answer your question. You, you talked about the six national podiums. I, my, uh, uh, I guess it was my second year nationally. I started going to the national shoots. I was able to, a podium down in Paris, and uh, that was a really. Uh, that was a really big jumpstart, um, into the sponsor side of things. Um, you know, being able to to partner and and earn, you know, earn some sponsors and partner up with some companies and, you know, kind of learn the ins and outs of that process. And, uh, that was, which was really cool. Uh, and then, uh, uh, I shot for elite for about four years and then, um, uh, I was picked up by Matthews, shot Matthews for four years. And, uh, during that time with Matthews is when, uh, it really kind of came together for me in 2021. My, unfortunately, my dad had passed away in 2020 and I kind of just set that next year to be a, you know, I had, I don't know, just my mindset was different, but I was coached. I had a lot of advice and a lot of coaching from one of our area pros, which I know he's been on here before, Chris Hammond. He's one of my closest friends, Um, you know, to have, he'd been there, he had done that and, you know, he, he really, he was uh he was he was a big a uh, big part in helping me you know with the right mindset to be able to to achieve you know the shooter of the year goal because really everybody in that class can shoot you know you can shoot and you can judge you, you wouldn't be there but the, the what separates the winners you know from making podiums and and making money and 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 advancing is your your game plan and your mindset um if you don't have a if your mindset's not right and you don't have a game plan you're going to get beat and that's uh I'm really learning that now in the pro class. It's a, it's a whole different world. But, I mean, it's that's, that's the mm-hmm. best of the best, you know, and you just learn as you go.
0: You had mentioned just a while ago you, you broke into getting the sponsorships and stuff like that. Is there anything that you can help educate and tell some of these um, young shooters or shooters that are like what you mentioned or competitors that are middle-aged that are getting into it? What are some of the things that you would you would tell them to strive for as say step one on the ladder and then moving up? What are some of the things that you would mention or or would tell them?
2: I, I would say so. This is going to sound what this is going to what I have learned in my experience and like you have to you have to be successful. You know you want to be successful in things, but honestly, to get sponsorships, it's all about relationships. It ah. really is. It's about what is your relationship with the manufacturing company, and the only way you obtain those, you know, those friendships and that relationship is to go to the big tournaments and go to tournaments and introduce yourself and um, you know, be professional, um, courteous, kind, and be a be a representative of of their of their brand. Number one, you want to shoot their brand, and they want to see that they that you're shooting their brand. And that you're, you know, that you're repping their brand. And that's um, earning, having those relationships and and those things with people, really, that's, that's, that's where it comes from. That and the the age old saying is, is knowing people, Um, having a, you know, having a, uh, some sort of source that is uh, in that they can put in a good word for you. Um, Because I'm telling you, I've, I have watched guys, you know, I have watched guys win national tournaments i have watched them place um you know high in shooter of the year standings um and they not be offered one sponsorship um and that's because they don't they don't have the relationship you know basis uh down that foundation's not there and um uh unless you're winning the only place that i really feel like especially if you're an amateur the only time that This is kind of, it just is what it is. But for a manufacturer to come seek you out and to offer you money or to offer you a a bow sponsor deal or something like that, you have to be winning at a high level, um, uh, a lot. So if you're not winning, you can still earn those things, but you've got to go, you've got to go develop those relationships with those people and those, uh, they really want you out there. You know, you know, social media is huge. That's, uh, that's, that's really what, you know, making uh you know today's world it's it's all about instagram facebook especially instagram tiktok reels i know this is kind of getting into the technology side of things but making content you know just making contact uh, content tagging those brands that you're using i mean that kind of stuff goes a long way i mean it's kind of what the future is becoming and um because that's what if you do shoot for them that's what they're going to want you to do you know they're going to want you to get out there, make those social media posts. And a lot of people don't know how to do that. They're kind of intimidated by that, but it could be just as simple as taking a picture of your, your stuff and tagging them and tell them, you know, what you think about it. And, and, uh, that's how, because people look for those things. They really do.
0: Oh, you're absolutely right. I own a couple of businesses and we've got brand ambassadors is what we call them (laughs) that support us and do things with our products and our brands and that's exactly one of the things that I look at. I go through their social media and I look at their accounts and I look at how many posts they have. I look at how many comments or likes they get on each post. And then I want to make sure that there's likes on it. And don't get me wrong. um, And that's a very good thing that you brought up because I look at it myself and you, I'm sure you've been educated from your sponsors for this thing. I mean, if you're um, an independent guy and you don't have a business type post or, a, or an athletic post, get one started. Um, Absolutely, you've got yeah. You've got to build your already audi- audience because if I've got someone that's got 700 people that's following, me and and I don't want this time wrong because 700 is a good number, but if you've got 700 people following you and 15 people are liking a post that's not going to bring much media to your sponsors. You right. have got to learn how to build your followers and build people liking your your post. And it k- takes content. And that's, that's where it all blo- uh, goes to. And I try to work with my people. And that's something I'm sure that you can work with people in your academy because that is part of this business too, isn't it? It's not just shooting.
2: Uh, absolutely. That's that's one of the things that, um, you know, that we're doing right now at the academy is we're, we're actually, to talk about it just for a second, um, we're, we're kicking off, uh, hopefully January 1 is going to be our kickoff date. It actually might be sooner than that. It just depends on if we get some stuff to fall in line. But what we're offering <laughs> is a a. I mean, it is a shooting academy. So you come in and we're going to teach you how to shoot the basic, you know, fundamentals of archery all the way from an ultra beginner to a, you know, professional. And that's, that's one of the things that I would love to have is, you know, professionals that are, you know, that come out of the shop and, and shoot professionally and things like that. That's kind of a goal of mine, but, um, that's a, a part of that is going to be how to market yourself and your personal brand. Um, I have a good friend of mine, um, Tim Yehoman, uh, he's a senior pro shoots for Matthews out of, uh, South Texas. That's one of the things that, he and I've been friends for a couple of years, and and um and that's one of the things that I'm encouraging him is you know he's he's uh, he's learning how to you know uh, brand you know use his brand get his brand out there get his brand bigger, um, and you do that by just diving in you know and he's just diving in he's 50 years old shooting senior pro and he's he's learning how to Instagram he's learning how to Facebook he's learning how to do those things because he knows that that's how his brand's gonna grow. And when you're, and when your brand grows, then you grow. And so, um, I would also like to add, I throw this in there is you've got to be at the, you've got to be at the tournaments. That's another big thing that talking to, you know, the people want to get sponsored is you've got to go. That's you have to show up. And, um, that's, uh, that, I guess for me, that was one of the biggest, that was one of the things that Chris Hammond and I talked about a long time ago was, is that if, if you're going to compete and you're going to make a run at shooter of the year nationally, you've got to go to the events. And there's a lot of sacrifice that comes with that There's because they're, you know, they're not cheap. And as an amateur, you're not getting paid anything to go. I mean, you're fitting the bill, but you're, you're paying those dues because if you go do that and and you go, you know, make those sacrifices to go to those tournaments and you learn what you've got to do to be successful in those things, that's when, you know, that's when you're recognized, that's when you, you, you develop those relationships and that's where you, um, you know, ultimately that you can land in those partnerships and those friendships and partners um, part, um, sponsorships. So is it as simple uh, as going to
0: the shoots and walking through the tents and stopping at a booth and just striking up a conversation? Is that the best ab- way to
2: start? A- absolutely. Um, for instance, uh, uh, I, one of my uh uh one of my b3 archery um they, they uh not every sponsor i have the people are extremely friendly they're all great people um but just as an example b3 archery um i i actually i didn't shoot any of their products and um i just you know they used to be scott i shot a scott release so i went up their booth just approached them, introduced myself. Hey, I'm Ryan Thomason. I shoot semi-pro. I'm shooting semi-pro class. You know, I'm like, I like this about this release. And I just start up a conversation with them. And, and then, uh, you know, as I, I was very fortunate to have some success that year. And at the end of the year at the classic, I mean, they guy approached me and he was just like, Hey man, we, you know, we, 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 we want you to shoot for us. And, um, you know, two weeks later, I had a contract and, you know, on the, at my feet, which was really, really awesome. And uh, that's, they're such a good. They're such a good group of people. I mean, like, there's. I don't shoot for anybody. That's not a good group of people. All of them are first, uh, absolute first class. They put the sh- shooter first. Um, It's uh, every 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 person that every company that you mentioned off. They're they're all first class.
1: That's awesome, Neil. You thinking of anything? Yeah, I was gonna say, what are you doing? during the off season to keep yourself, keep yourself in, uh, in shape and everybody out there that doesn't know Ryan just had a, a, shoulder surgery, had a little reconstructive procedure out there done. So what are you, what are you doing coming up on indoor season to keep yourself, you know, keep, keep those reps in let you, while still kind of trying to let your shoulder heal up as much as it will. Right, that's
2: a, that was, so, I didn't, I really kind of kept that to myself this year, but I shot the entire season with a torn rotator cuff, and, um, believe it or not, I mean, it bothered me, it's, I'm probably making it sound worse, and, uh, kind of, kind of like the old, uh, um, uh, old tombstone, you know, not as, not as bad as I made out, Top quote there, but it was, it it hurt but ne- but it it wasn't that bad you know just because i had so many reps but towards the end of the season of last year man the last two national assays it really really came on strong and i told my wife amanda i was like i'm just i've got to go get this i've got to go get it fixed because i'm not gonna go through an off season of shooting and prepping you know with the academy and 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 not get this thing taken care of and uh I mean, it was it was bad enough that I went to the doctor. They took an X ray. They they I had a uh, MRI like a week later, and the doctor was like, "Oh yeah, no, it's it's you know it's torn." And so I had a rotator cuff. You know, I, I, they went in, they put an anchor, and um, that's uh, it's been my second rotator cuff surgery in two thousand nineteen. Uh, two thousand nineteen, I had the same surgery on my right shoulder, and I had it done in December, and it wasn't I wasn't I was shooting a sixty pound bow by May. And, um, but that was 2020, you know, you know, everything, everybody knows with 2020. And so, you know, the tournaments were way back and things like that. So it was actually, it was good that, you know, I didn't, I didn't miss a lot just because there wasn't a whole lot to go to because everything was being canceled. Um, and, um, but this year I, I scheduled my surgery directly after the season, which stunk for hunting season because... I missed my, you know, I'm, I'm missing hunting with a bow. Um, Darton, my uh, my bow sponsor, Randy Kits at Darton, he uh, very graciously sent me one of their new crossbows, the Renegade 370, and <laughs> dude, that thing is like it is like shooting a gun. It really is. The new, the uh, the Black Eagle, um, the Black Eagle 50 millimeter crossbow scope that comes on those guns is, or those crossbows is just it's incredible. It's, it it really is unbelievable. I mean, it's a 50, you can, anyways, I'll go on about that thing, but it's awesome. It's fun to shoot. i put it on a bog pod, you know, so I was able to hunt this year, archery season, um, you know, with a, with an arm that was jacked up. Um, but, uh, I'm just now, which I just, I literally just got in the truck from shooting my first full Vegas game. Um, I, I started, I'll back up for a second. So my rehab, um, I I, I took a a little Matthews Genesis bow, little blue in the mini that's pulling like five pounds. And I put a, I put one of my B3 sights on it and I put a rest on it. And, um, that was, I started the rehab process with that pulling five pounds and really just aiming the, you know, just aiming that bow, being able to pull something back, get my peep and just aim, you know, aim at a Vegas face. And I wouldn't, I didn't shoot an arrow for two weeks. I just sit there and draw the bow back very slowly and, um, I have, uh, then I graduated, I had a little Browning bow that I had rigged up and I was shooting, um, like 18 pounds, but I got to where I could hit a Vegas face at 18 pounds so I could shoot 20 yards. And really to me, as long as I have that sight picture, you know, then that's, that's all I need because I don't really worry about all the other specs of it right now. It's just, I want to be able to see that pin, you know, see my dot on the, on the Vegas face and be able to fire a shot and it took me right at six weeks, and I fired my first arrow. And then um, uh, I've got my—I'm shooting the new 2024 Darton Departure. At uh, right now, it's set at 33 pounds, but it—it uh, uh, it shoots really—you know—got 40-pound limbs, so I'll stay with it through the month of December and uh, getting ready to prep for Vegas. So, shooting that.
1: We'll have to give you an award for being the first podcast guest to shoot lower poundage than Dave. That's uh that's got that's that's gotta be that's gotta be the first time. I don't know if we're about fifteen, twenty episodes in or something, but that's that's good. I mean, I tell people all the time shooting this indoor, they they're like, Man, my bow's 72 pounds to hunt with. And I was like, Well, you know, for for indoor, that's probably a little bit more than you than you really need, but trying to get these guys okay. to come 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 down into the you know the forties, the fifties, stuff like that. It's it's kind of tricky for indoor but you're you're getting the you're getting the reps in you're, you're still working through your are you shooting a hinge you're shooting a button
2: i'm shooting a hinge right now i've got a uh the uh, bt pro the b3 bt pro i've got it set up as a four finger it's the uh, brass cerakoted brass uh release they they came out with it at the end of uh, 3d season last year and uh, i'm running well i have i have all three of the um those style releases, um, the full brass, the Cerakoted brass, and then there's the, the, the ghost, the BT ghost that's aluminum. So I'm running off four of those hinges, um, just kind of off and on, just kind of feeling which one I've got them set up a little differently. Um, with such light holding weight, it's, uh, it really is. I, I like, I, I like right at 17, 18 pounds of holding weight is what is kind of my ideal holding weight. And, uh, I think I'm holding like four pounds. And so I'm just, I'm just kind of playing more than anything, just you know, trying to find the right setup. Because I will be taking uh, this version of it. Well, I say that I, I'm going to Vegas. I'll shoot Vegas in February, and I don't know exactly. I, I just I want to be able to shoot a 60 pound bow by the end of February for Foley. So I'm um, everything is everything is gearing up for for the 3D stuff because I'm a I'm a, I'm a 3D guy. Um, I do like. I do like the indoor. I think I think indoor is key, though, um, to being. Uh, there's a lot of. This another. I know I talked to Chris a couple times, but Chris has is, is, is helped me a lot to to realize in the mind game of things when it's indoor is where your shot process, your shot timing, your focus, everything you can you can work and accomplish so much shooting indoor that preps you for 3d, you know, shooting a, uh, shooting a Vegas face. There's not another game out there that I found that I can stand by myself in a room shooting at my bow and feel pressure. And, you know, uh, you're, you know, trying to shoot a, you know, a high X 300 game. It's whether, I mean, some people I'm sure don't have any pressure that, but I mean, I, you know, I'm not really an indoor guy. Um, I've shot quite a few 300s. Um, um but you know i've never shot a 30x game or anything like that so like trying to achieve that i mean i feel it you know i really do i feel the pressure and i want to do that so there's not anything else i've found that i can feel some sort of nerves or tournament pressure when i'm by myself than a than a than a vegas face so that's a that's a great it's such a great it's such a great game and such a great tool
0: and on top of that it's heated and air-conditioned
2: Yeah, right. That's, that's, uh, I guarantee you're out of the elements. That's, uh, um, that's one of the things that, uh, you know, it's, it's one of the things when it comes to pressure, pressure, shooting under pressure, I had this conversation with uh, Tim not too long ago is my buddy, Tim, I was telling you about is that when you shoot under pressure, like, um, you know, you can set your bow up and, and you can have it hitting behind the pin and everything. But the second that you introduce some sort of pressure into, you know, the atmosphere, then like everything changes your bow's going to aim different you're going to feel different and so the only way to you know uh, acclimate yourself to pressure situations and get your bow set to pressure situations is to put yourself in pressure situations so that means you gotta you know if, if a person is you know they're just you know man i can shoot a you know a golf ball size group at 100 yards in my backyard and and xyz and they go to a local tournament and they get you know they get last place and they're like, I just, I just don't understand. I was like, well, it's, it's called pressure. And that's something that you have to, the only way you're ever going to learn anything about pressure is to put yourself in pressure situations. And then, you know, once you're in those pressure situations and you experience that, then you go back and reflect on, Hey, how did this feel you know how, how did my bow shoot under you know this stress or the, you know when my heart was pounding what did i see you know like what can i do to modify that at home you know what i mean and so when you go get you a vegas face and it's not going to be as much pressure standing on the line or anything like that but i mean it's, it's a little bit that you can modify your equipment you know
0: and how would one go
2: about doing that because i'm going to be honest with you that's exactly what i've
0: found in the last three weeks I've got a bow that is just screaming lights out. Went to two or three things, and my setup—I mean, it was horrific. Um, and the biggest thing that I played with and and felt like I tweaked it was the front hand and the backhand. Right. I felt like the bow's the tool, and I don't think anything changed dramast- Dramatically with that, I'm thinking what I'm trying to learn is the the hands, you know? I think that's what did my worst enemy was my worst enemy.
2: I, I found that I found for me personally, um the biggest, so I would say it like this, the biggest changes, the biggest changes are are very small. Um, I, you know, as far as when it comes to playing with something under pressure, you're you're gonna be like if you're pounding at home, you know, and you're shooting lights out. And then you get into a pressure situation, and you're all over the place. You're, you're. Rest assured that I think some of the biggest mistakes people is they come back and then they change so much stuff. Um, But really, you only need to make a very small adjustment. It might mean you need to focus on like really okay, what's your pin doing? Is your is your pin super? Is it super jumpy? Are you seeing big? You know, is it big? You know, swoopy movements? Um, the first thing I would look at is my draw length. Um, I would play with that uh, as quick as, you know, that's the first thing I would change. And then I would start, uh, I would add um, add or remove at least one ounce front or back. And I wouldn't change more than that. And that's, so I would make one small change and then I would put it in some sort of pressure situation. If it doesn't work, you know, try something, make another small change, put it into a pressure situation. And you're not going to be able to, you're not going to be able to, make those you know to, to understand what the results of your changes are unless you put yourself in a pressure situation so i say all that to say is is you've got to be that's where really these local tournaments that's local tournaments are so fun because you can go to them like especially super excited about you know our new our new uh oklahoma asa director um ah. super su- super pumped about that I'm i'm excited i know he's i know he's excited it's going to be a great job but Getting out and going to those things, and 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 putting yourself in that pressure with the changes, and then, you know, if you and write it down, that's another big thing. Is uh, write it down. Have a notebook. Write down whatever your changes are. How you feel. They actually make a. Um, they make a journal. I, I use a. I know. Um. Uh, they make a 3D journal that you can journal all that kind of stuff down for those changes and stuff like that as well as indoor um and just write it all down write that stuff down what where's your bow set up at how many ounces you're running exactly your draw length and then like if you're like you said it was catastrophe then make a small change and put yourself back in a pressure situation and then evaluate that change like man i'm actually i'm in the you know you're either going to be in the separate right direction or it's going to be even worse well, if it's even worse you need to go the other way you know what i mean
1: oh that's uh, yeah, so that as you
2: get as you get
1: closer and closer to foley Are you going to be adding on weight to your bow as you build back up or are you going to start this first couple of local shoots with it pretty close to how you want it by the end of the month? Is there like a timeline you're working with or Um, is it going to be a how's it feel kind of you just going to feel it out and go from there?
2: So for me, it's going to be what arrow it'll be what arrow I can shoot to speed. Um, I wanna be able to shoot a twenty-six to speed. So the PS twenty six from Black Eagle, I wanna be able to shoot that at least two ninety, you know, two ninety plus. So whatever, um, you know, it's probably gonna be a four hundred spine. So whatever uh poundage I'm gonna to need to shoot that arrow at uh that speed and then the weights will come, you know. I I have no idea what my weights will be, but it'll it'll accommodate my holding weight, my draw weight, and just how that overall, you know, bow feels, which I'm really excited about this new departure from Darton. Like I'm just, man, Randy Kitts, he is, I don't know, for those who know Randy Kitts, he's one of those, if you know, you know type deals. He he is literally one of the most, um, dude, he is one of the coolest guys in archery, if not, if not the coolest guy in archery. He is just, he's such a good man and um, he cares about his shooters and he told me when, when he, he, when, when he brought me on with Darton, um, you know, we, we had the, the 2023 line, which wasn't entirely his, his line of what he designed with his people, because he took over, he took over Darton I guess it's three years ago. And um, he told me that they have some stuff in, you know, in the making that's coming down the line that for 2020, um, you know, for 2024, that's going to be really, really good. And man, I'm here to tell you, it's. It's, it's awesome. The departure is, it is, it's, it's an awesome bow, man. The grip, everything about it, it's, it's not even the same rig as what I shot with the Tempest, which I love the Tempest. Tempest is a good bow. Um, but it's just, this departure is even, it's in another, you know, league compared to what they were. And, uh, shooting it at 34 pounds with whatever, six pounds of holding weight, um, Man, it's very forgiving. I was actually talking to my buddies up at the shop while I go. I was like, man, this thing broke, you know, low left hand, and I'm like X. And so it's it's one of those things. It's like I am I need that kind of forgiveness.
0: <laughs> yeah. I
2: definitely. We all I'm do.
0: At, I think one of the indoors, but I had one dealings with him, um, and I was looking for a back bar that was longer than in production. And I, I called up the um, Conquest uh, office. He answered. And I was sitting there telling him what I wanted. He says, well, no one needs a back bar that long. And I said, dude, I got a 33, 33 and a quarter inch draw. I want to try it. He said, yeah. He said, now I'm going to take that back. You might need that. He says we don't make that, and he said, "I tell you what I'll do." He says, "If you'll go online and order, and I'm thinking it was a 24 inch bar. I think that's what it was." Um, he says, "If you'll buy that right now, I'll go catch that order." And I thought he said his son. I'm not for sure. He says, "We'll send you an, a bar with that without the caps, plus the two caps, and you cut it for whatever length you want." That's and cool. he did. And I mean, that says a lot right there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. He's a man. He's, he is one of the best people in archery. If, if that's, that's one of those, you know, talking about, what we talked about earlier, you know, developing those relationships. He is uh he would be one of the number one people I would go introduce myself to and, um, you know, and, uh, introduce yourself to is, is, is Randy Kitts. He's a, he's man, he's a good dude, but there's, 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 there's a lot of good people in archery. There's a lot of good local people in archery as we have a, we, we're, we're very fortunate to live in a part of, uh, I feel like we're very fortunate to live in a part of the United States where we have, we have good archery, you know, uh, around us. Of course, you know, every, every, everybody has their bad apples, but, uh, for the most part, everything's really positive here in, uh, uh, it says it makes it makes it fun.
1: Well, tell us a little bit about your about your shop you've opened up. You're a uh, a co owner of the new the newest spot in town. You guys are uh, a little bit further south of the metro, um, right? But tell us about your shop. I heard you got some big uh, some big brand names that want to do business with you.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, we're super excited. So, uh we are the G2 Outdoor Shooting Academy. We're located at 111 North Washington in downtown Ardmore. And we are the only bow shop within it's, it's actually the miles are a little different, but just to just to just to uh, save time, it's it's 80-mile radius. There's really nobody around us. And um it, it, so we have been starving for an archery shop uh, in Ardmore. We had the Archer's Den Texoma Archery. Ron Hiller. He was, uh, the staple, you know, um, archery guy there in Ardmore. He, he, I think he, I think his business was there for 20 plus years. Um, super good dude. He retired. And when he retired, the archery shop retired with him. So there's, there was nowhere. If, If you wanted archery, if you needed something done, you either had to know somebody locally that did stuff, or you had to drive to Norman or, you know, uh, uh, to Fort Worth, Dallas, you, uh, to Durant, to Duncan. Uh it is so for a lot of, you know, surroundings. So I had a when I started shooting competitively, I, I had a lot of buddies that would, you know, know that shot. And I had a basically a shop at my house. So I did a lot of stuff out of my house just helping people out and stuff. But, you know, a lot of people are like, you should do a shop, you just should do a shop. And my brother-in-law, my brother-in-law, Jaron Preston, he is the uh, he's the owner of uh, so it's the G2 Outdoor Sports Complex. So what's really cool about our shop is it is partnered with a different venues within the same building. So we have G2 Ninja Warriors. So we have a Ninja Warrior facility within our big building, and then we have a workout. Um, we have a workout facility within our building that offers classes as far as working out. Um, working out. It's not completed yet, but we'll have turf workout facilities and things like that within there. Then the Ninja. And um, we're working on our fourth uh, partner. Um, we're working on our fourth partner within the building right now. I can't announce it yet, but but then we have archery. So, like, when you come in to shoot archery, you're also going to see kids doing ninja. You're going to see people working out. You're going to see those things. So, it's really kind of a cool format that when you come in, you're exposed to different things. So, it's pretty neat. Let's go kind of ahead with the uh, you overall, know,
0: we're, Oh, go ahead.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, no, it's 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 a really cool, it's really neat um, concept and idea. That, that's my that's my brother in law's. And um um, but with that, the academy because we we're an academy first and teaching people how to shoot, but we're a bow shop second. But we opened uh, we soft launched in September just to you know before deer season just to help the community around because there's nowhere to go. And um we we brought in Darton and Black Eagle Conquest B three, and then uh, here just a few weeks ago we brought on Hoyt. So really excited, uh, Mick. Mick with Hoyt, Mick Doggett with Hoyt uh, Archery, um, teamed up with him and uh, Hoyt, and uh, we we're really really excited to have them in the shop. They've uh, they just launched their new bow line, which is, man, it's it's an incredible line of bows. It, uh, but you wouldn't expect anything less from you know Hoyt and and also you know Darton. Their their 2024 line drops uh, this week, I believe the 29th this week. So you guys watch if you guys aren't following us on facebook go to gtu um outdoor shooting academy and i'll have all that all the the new bow line from dart and drop as well
0: i was going to say a while ago you know having all those different things under one roof absolutely helps in your slow season on taking care of the maintenance taking care of the rent so not one person i mean i know i'm I'm sure it's split equally or a percentage to whatever but it's really neat that you're not strapped to do 100% of it all 12 months of the year.
2: Absolutely. That's, uh, um, you know, I, when we kicked this thing off, um, I, I reached out to a couple of buddies of mine, uh, Chris Hacker. Chris Hacker, a pro, um, shoots for Hoyt. Um, he, one of the things that he had mentioned to me was like, he was like, man, you're going to need, you know, he goes, you need to sell fishing equipment or you need to do something in the off season because once deer season's over, he's like, for a bow shop, you know. things really struggle and i was like man that's that's what's our that's what i'm really excited about is because for us the bow shop is second um the academy is first so like in the off months of deer season is going to be our thriving months of teaching people um the fundamentals Ah. and basics of how to shoot so it's going to give uh we've got kids classes we all have adult classes we will also offer private lessons so you'll be able to come in and shoot and learn you know Learn. I'm going to offer, uh, I'm really excited about my target panic class. I'm going to offer of uh, how to defeat target panic. That's going to be uh, something that we offer there at the Academy. And I, I mean, I'll, I'll go ahead and say this, but I'm also teaming up um, with some, some dear friends of mine. I'm coming into deer season and we're going to be offering, um, hopefully we get it lined out, but seminars, hunting seminars, um, sh- um, uh, as far as like, you know, like in the moment, how to get through the moment on how to make a shot on animals and things like that. So if you're following our Instagram, which is G G2 underscore OSA, like follow our Instagram and our Facebook, and we'll have updates on all that kind of stuff. It's a lot of, a lot of cool, a lot of cool things coming,
1: uh, to G2 for sure. It sounds like you guys are really focusing a, a lot more on, on the mental side and on the technical side, as opposed to, yeah, let's, you know, sell them a sell them a $600 site and a $300 scope and you won't miss. It's like, well, yeah, you you got, you you might have all the pieces there, but if you're not doing the work on the individual, you're not going to see those results. That's, you know, I'm a,
2: um, I'm I'm about, I want my customers that come in there to, to know that you, you don't have to have the latest and greatest to be successful. And I, c- I can say that I will, you know, I will sell you whatever you want. You know, if you want the latest and greatest, I have it available. But if, if uh, what you have, like I I can teach you and, you know, I can encourage you and teach you how to be successful with what you have, because in today's, in today's world of bows, I mean, for the most part, I mean, if you have a relatively new bow, man, that thing, if it's set up right, if it's tuned right, you've got a good set of threads on there, a good set of strings, you have a good release, um, and you know the correct processes, you can learn to pound with that thing, and that's... Uh, um, that's what I like to focus on, but uh, new expensive equipment, it, it does. I mean, there is some forgiveness built into those things. I will say that, but also the, you nailed it on the head. It's, it's about the process. Um, it's about the process and the, uh, how to get through, you know, how to get through the tough moments and how to to get your, to get your side on target and execute a, a solid shot. That's the most important thing.
0: We'll definitely have to have you back on when you go to doing your different academies and um, classes. When you kick that off, we that way we can help put that word out on that also.
2: Yeah, that'd be awesome. I appreciate that.
1: What's your uh, what's a typical program? Is it over months? Is it weeks? Is this a, a single day kind of thing? What what could we what could we expect on some of those?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. So right now, um, the way it's set up right now, and of course it's subject to change, but I'm looking to do a, it's going to be an eight class. So it'll be like eight, eight, eight sessions over a however many time periods. So I don't necessarily know what that, that time period is going to be, but you're going to come in and you'll pay a, a, a basically an overall lesson session fee. And that, that price will include your range time. It'll include... Um, uh, it's going to be bring your own, I'll have bows available, but it's really going to be geared to bring in, you know, your bow that, and then we fit you to your bow. And, um, and then just, you'll have the different sessions, but what's really going to be cool is, is that, uh, so you'll, uh, when you come in and sign up, your first class will be with, with me and, um, I'm going to place you in a certain class. So there's going to be different tiers. So you're going to have a, uh, I don't have them a hundred percent named yet, but you're going to have like a more of a. A, a beginner level class and then moving into, uh, there'll be two or three of those classes and then it'll move into an intermediate class and then it'll go into a more advanced class. And, um, you know, you'll, to answer your question, you would do like eight sessions in this class and you'll have to graduate from that class to move up, which, you know, as far as what those credentials will be to graduate, Um I'll have those, you know, ready for each class, but once you, you know, do this and you get to you can move up to the next one. So, you, it's constantly going to be, you know, you're going to try to advance to a higher class. And um but also it keeps the it keeps the 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 shooter in the same uh atmosphere with someone that's at their level because I know, you know, if someone and I, you know if, if a true if a beginner walks in and they've never shot a bow before and they're standing next to, you know, you know, a, uh, someone like you know, semi yeah. the Brody reads of, of Ardmore that these guys that shoot semi semi pro pros, you know, they, they can become very intimidated. And I don't, I don't, you know, I don't, uh, they're going to feel like they, you know, obviously they're probably not going to shoot as good as those guys. And I don't want to put them in that situation. So they're going to be, you know, with their peers and uh, let them compete and uh, and and learn, and then you know, and then graduate and move on to you know a more you know higher level class. So that's that's kind of how we're going to gear it, uh, uh, and Every, structure it. So everything there is great, and and I'm sure you've thought
0: of this, but there needs to also be something for recognition. Um, and everything has a recognition. You take the USA archery, they've got those pins that they can put on the ribbons.
2: Absolutely. Like own, yes, sir.
0: Yeah, our own military has um, sergeant stripes, and you move all the way up. Um, um, you know what Absolutely. I'm saying? It, yeah, karate has the different color belts. And so, so it's, so, it, yeah. It, it'll get, yeah, it'll get them that,
2: that um, look at what I've done. Yes. It's, they will earn, they will, it will not be given. It will be, and they'll earn it and they'll have a blast earning it. And once they earn it, that's what's cool about the social media thing is that I really want to highlight and praise all of our shooters at G2. So our, our Instagram page is going to be flooded with our people, our friends, and the community. Um, And when you, when you earn that, when you earn that next rank, it's going to get, you know, you're going to get recognized. Um, And that's, it's, it's really cool. And that's, that's another thing is like we talked about sponsors for for people like I want to help um, I want to help my shooters that are within the academy get those sponsorships and to um, you know you know not only help them teach them how to get them but you know being able to have a platform that hopefully when it grows that these sponsors see this and they're like hey you know you know this kid's this kid's killing it you know what I mean and then you know just that, that just to have that opportunity out there for them. And also, hopefully, Neil, bring a uh, bring a three D course back to Southern Oklahoma <laughs> down
1: the road. Yeah, I was uh, I was on the road for work the other day down in uh, Lawton, and I swung by the local shop and said, "Anybody have anything?" He goes, "No." Oh, all the way over in Duncan, I'm like, "Well, Duncan really ain't that close to Lawton." <laughs> If you've ever, if you've ever been down there, say, anybody local do anything? No, you know of anybody with some targets? No, anybody else I can ask? No, they were nice. They were nice guys that had a real good little shop set up there, but they just didn't have, they just didn't have anything going on. It's like, man, we got to find. We can't can't find one. Got to make one. That's pretty much the only way I'm looking at it.
2: We, I, I have I have plans to uh, I have plans to bring a 3D course to to Ardmore. Um, I don't know if it'll be this year. I'm hoping <laughs> hoping by 2025 that we'll have a 3D course of some sort um, uh, back on the Oklahoma ASA. You know, correlated with G2 because that's uh um like I said earlier, 3D is my main thing. Um, judging judging distance and shooting targets is what I love to do um the indoor part of it i use is just tools so i'm not a i mean uh i wouldn't call myself an indoor archer i love i like it it's fun there's a lot of things you can learn from it but man 3d is where it's at and i want to bring that to the community and to my students and things like that so i want to have that available to them
0: i like the whole plan um just the way you're approaching it it's not you're approaching it as I'm a bow shop. I'm now a pro shop. Now I'm a teacher. You're coming in with the experience, proven experience. Let me put that out there. Proven experience. And the first thing you want to do is teach. Um, it's not about the $1,100, $1, sales of sales of equipment. It's about teaching the people and let them pick the level of equipment they want, I
2: bet. A- absolutely. That's a, so I want to offer, um, I want to offer the, now that's one thing is, is that at the Academy, like there's, I offer top brands and right now the brands that I have in the shop are the brands that I shoot for minus, uh, minus Hoyt. We will be bringing in Trueball Excel, Easton, um, along with, uh, along with Hoyt, um, in 2024, those, those brands are coming. Um, but, like, I I just, I want that available on all aspects for the shooters. If they, if they want to shoot that, I have that available, you know, available to them. And if that's something that's not, you know, that they want to do that, I'm going to help them get whatever they need to get. You know, I just, I I, I would love to have them in the academy shooting their bow and, um, learning the, learning the right way to shoot their bow because there is 100% a right way to shoot your bow. And, um, that's, uh, uh, I feel like that that's something that we can
1: offer I love it. I love it. Yeah. I feel like you're going to get more people that don't just try it and move on when they're not successful because I've seen a million guys that can outshoot me. But not just guys, I've seen a million people that can outshoot me. But you watch some bad habits kind of take over and they can't even go have fun shooting their bow anymore. It's like, uh, absolutely.
2: Yeah. And I don't know about that comment, bro. I've seen you shoot. You shoot really good. <laughs>
1: I've, had a, I've, had a, I've had a few lucky ones in, in the middle of no, shooting. Come years. on now.
2: I shot with you at the classic. I, I practiced <laughs> you at the classic in uh, in Alabama in uh in the swamp in the in the humidity and dude, you were pounding.
1: Yeah, that was the that was the best weather we had that weekend. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. absolutely. We all got to shoot next to the uh the Botec contingency trio there. Got to, yeah. see the, got to see that. Got to see uh, back when that was a thing. Yeah, <laughs> so right. Yeah, probably won't, probably won't happen that way again. And then we got to see the right after that we got to see the brand new uh, title before it was released the next day. Yes, sir.
2: Yep. Oh, Dan the man. He had that. He had that thing out, and he's a. He was shooting that. That was a. That was a lot of fun. That, it really was.
0: You I know mean. as well as I do when he stepped out on the course with that and pulled it back and shot it. Everybody had to be within 20 feet going, trying
2: to look through the binoculars to look at it, just to see what is it. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So I I was on the practice range. I got down there. um, I was actually, it was the first time I've ever done this. So normally when I go to a pro-am, I usually try to travel. Um, on Wednesday, get there Thursday and spend all day Thursday as my practice day. that's and that's just another little tidbit of information for people that are wanting to do this and and do it nationally is the Thursday practice round is is uh, I mean you don't necessarily have to have it, but I highly, highly recommend it. And the one reason I recommend it is is acclimation, is getting acclimated to where you're gonna be shooting. And now the more you shoot these venues, you know, when you go to London and you go to Metropolis and you go to Fort Benning and you go to Minden and you go to the you know the classic and Coleman and you go to these places, you uh, you start to learn, you already know what to expect. And that goes to be successful nationally, you've you've got to have an idea of what you're walking into um and and how to you know and how to prepare i mean it's just a simple thing as you know when i shoot london i have a bow set up a 16th shorter than i normally do because of the hot you know the power line you know it's you're shooting up and downhill i like to have it a touch shorter i've got it set up with a with a 332nd peep instead of a 16th just because I, I need more light it's like the little things that you learn um you know that most people wouldn't think about that um you know that you that you learn by experience and um and, and even though you have that experience, you go the day before to get acclimated. And that's uh, you know, I, I, I say this all the time to people when we're talking about courses, because you'll have, you'll, you'll watch, like some people go to a national, they go to a national ASA and you, uh, mark my words, you watch, look at the scores of some of your, some of your high, and some of your higher end, and this is not all the time like this, but for the most part, I believe it's true is like the Texas ASA, um, they've they've got some really hard courses. Oklahoma has uh, has hard courses, but these 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 people go to these 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 weekend ASAs and they'll shoot. You know, they might shoot six down. Well, then they go to a pro am and they turn in a you know fourteen up for the weekend. And people are like, how can you shoot so good nationally, but then when you come to these state tournaments, you don't shoot good? And it's because it's very simple: is that they're acclimated. They get there the day before. They have time to shoot the GPO or the whatever it's you know, whatever it's gonna be, the, the known shoot. They have they shoot the team shoot, they shoot the practice range. And when you shoot those things, you become acclimated to your surroundings, you become acclimated to the environment, to the people, the atmosphere. And so when you step on for your scoring round, um, you know, you know what to you know, you're you're there, you're ready, you're acclimated. But when you go to one of these local shoots that you've never shot before. You have no idea what the terrain going to be. You have no idea if it's going to be low canopy, tight tunnels, high canopy, tight tunnels, wide open. I mean, because all, especially as a judger, all those things come into a factor, you know, and that's uh, that's one of the things that uh, I, say I say I recommend. If you're going to go to these national things, the national tournaments, go the day before and practice to get acclimated because it's just going to make your – it will set you up for – Um, success better than just showing up and shooting the day of or coming in the night before and I get it some people can't make that but that's really truly when I really started to see you know improvement and success nationally is when I started number one going to all of them learning the places the venues but number two going the day before early and uh and practicing and, and that's like on the classic way that I was talking about Neil is, is I actually got to come up and practice Wednesday and Thursday, which was the first time I ever got to do that. And that Wednesday when I was practicing is when I ran into Dan McCarthy at the practice range and I sat and talked to him and his wife there for a little while and they had the you know, he had the new title and I got to look at it and that's a, uh, you know, Matthews, they uh, Matthews is Matthews and they, they 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 knocked it out of the park with that thing, man. That that boza it's a it's gonna be a shooter for for those guys for sure well I don't want to jump it off a subject but you're kind of
0: half touching on it but I got a question I have written down what yeah. is your definition of course management you hear that all the time but what is yours
2: so I would say um you've I would say the definition of course management for me is knowing when to hit the gas when not to hit the gas um, it's going to come down to number one, whether or not I'm going to make a play at a 12. So ultimately it's, that's the, that is the, that's what you're trying to figure out with course management is do I make a play at this 12 or do I not make a play at this 12? And there's a lot of factors that come into that scenario, whether it be the distance of the target, the target itself, lighting, weather conditions, um, where you actually stand score wise. Um, there's so arrow and target, you know, where's the arrow in the target? Um, I'm an upper shooter. I like to shoot uppers. Um, a lot of my strategy judging comes into upper play. And, um, uh, man, if I, if I have two arrows in an upper 12, that really kind of severely can throw a kink in what, uh, and what I'm doing. Um, you know, it can throw a kink in what I'm doing and kind of take me off, you know, kilter. And I've got a, you know, I might have to modify my strategy on how I'm about to approach this target. So, um, and managing those things is, is you have to have a plan, you know? So for instance, if it's a, uh, uh, I like to, I like to add yardage. I like to add yardage. I have found if you want to get technical about, I don't know if you want to get into that or not, but uh, for me personally, if you want to get technical, say when you're judging a target, I'm a. I have found that uh, I'm not a person that, not like, yes, can I judge a target and shoot it for what it is? I practice that all the time, um, but managing the situation, I don't do that. So, like, say I'm going to judge it for, let's say I judge it for 41 yards, I'm not going to shoot that target for 41 yards. Um, if I absolutely have to, I will, but more than most likely, I'm going to run 43 and a half, and I'm going to aim left or right or center depending on where. Um, you know, depending on wh- which way the target's facing, I'm going to call upper. And if I'm dead on with my yardage, I have my bow, I, I, um, I call them maps. And I have my bow mapped out to where I know that at 41 yards, I can run 43 and I can catch that upper. And it'll, uh, you know, it's a lot of people shoot center. I actually don't shoot, uh, I don't shoot three o'clock, nine o'clock IBOs. I actually shoot a little bit lower than that. I found that I can get even more of a big, I can put a bigger number on it. And if I judged it right and I know my bow, I'm going to hit a 12, but it basically builds in a very large cushion. Um, you know, it, it builds in a large cushion to make a mistake. Cause if, uh, if he was actually, you know, if I judged him for 41 and he was 44 and I just ran 43 and a half expecting to climb and I hit behind my pin, then I know I severely underjudged that target. And that's, um, that's one of the things you come into course management is like, you have to recognize those things immediately, uh, as you, as you're, you know, as you're shooting the course and getting acclimated, like if I'm under judging something, then automatically I'm going to, you know, I'm going to make a change. I'm going to add, I'm going to add a yard to everything I see. So if I'm judging it for 41, I automatically run 42 and that's what it is. And then I run my plan after that, you know, to try to get that arrow to jump. Um, there's a, there's a lot of strategy. It's very, especially I learned this when I made it to the pro class. I used to think that you know, these guys would just range it for, you know, they would, they would judge it and they'd shoot at it. And that's not, from what I found, that's not what you see. These guys have very, you know, in-depth strategy of what, how they play, how they play the game, where they aim, what they shoot it for. Um, there's just, it's, it's more than just walking up and judging and shooting. And I think a lot of people that are getting into judging, they think that's the way it is. And it's, it's, uh, you can do it that way. Um, In my experience, you're gonna walk off very frustrated.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you for explaining that. Um, because a lot of people look at it differently and I was just curious the way
2: you look at it. Yeah, I have a I have a very um I probably I have a very unique I say unique, to me it's unique. It's like talk about like judging distance. Um I I have about seven different methods built into one when I judge a target and it all happens in a matter of seconds. And, uh, that's something else. And I, uh, you know, would love to, te- you know, I'm going to teach at the Academy is, is for when we get into the 3d side of things, teaching people how to judge, uh, keep, te- you know, teaching people how to judge distance and things like that. So there's, a, uh, there's just so many factors, man. So to answer your question about course management, um, it's, there's so many different scenarios that you're going to find yourself in and you got to have a plan or have thought through um, how to get yourself out of that situation or how to be successful in that situation. And really the only way to be successful and have good course management is to fail and to learn from your mistakes and, you know, and develop your own system and, and on how to manage a course. I don't know if that makes sense, but.
0: It does. It does
1: to me. I get it. No, I think there's, I think he touched on something that even for the known yardage shooters, as it got later in the season and I had more and more confidence in that bow and I had more and more confidence in that sight tape. I'm, I'm out there swinging for the bleachers because I know at these pro ams, you got to shoot 36 up both days to even think about catching anybody. And I think there's a lot to be said mentally because I got in a real bad habit mid-year of trying to shoot the top of them, and it was affecting the way I would roll through my hinge. I I was getting stuck, basically, and then you throw the uphill, downhill, side hill, a little bit of wind and some visibility issues on top of it. You're really going to, like you said, you're really going to walk away frustrated. And As the year went on, I had more and more confidence in my tape I'd add a yard, yard and a half, depending on how far it was, be able to aim right at him and break that shot. And it was doing so much more for letting my shot process run and me get out of the way that I was scoring a lot better. And you know, yeah, you're going to, you're going to dip out. I, I don't shoot any uppers hardly, hardly ever unless it's a absolutely necessary, but when you can aim center and let that error ride, cause you know, your tape, or you can aim at the lower dead on it and put a yard in it or put a half yard and just catch the top on the safe side. I think there's a lot to be said for, for, I guess you'd call it sight tape manipulation and in shot placement, because I I know some people like to play like some of the guys that, you know, they might be a little older, their eyes aren't as good. They're just aiming center and hoping to catch one every once in a while. You know,
2: so you you just hit the nail on the head and this is, so here's the, you just said the word, and that's hope. A lot of people shoot hoping; they don't they don't shoot with a purpose, and they don't shoot they don't shoot with a uh, you know they're not they're not sitting there trying to hit exactly what they're aiming at. They they're getting their pin somewhere around it, and they're hoping that it hits. And the, when you and that's a mindset thing. When you change your mindset from stop hoping that it's going to hit and start expecting it to hit. And, that, and that's a mind shift. You have to change your in your mind, and there's so much that comes with that, other than just saying it. You, your practice has to be more focused. You 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 start to fine tune and start to recognize the littlest of things. That's one thing I was telling my buddy at the shop the other day, is that um, I'm not a I'm not a uh, you know an indoor guy. But one thing that I'm practicing for is I'm going to start. I'm going to be disappointed when I don't shoot an X, because when I shoot a ten, I'm okay with that. I am. I'm okay if I shoot a 10, but I, I want to stop being okay with shooting tens on a Vegas face. I want it to make me, you know, I want it to upset me for the simple fact that it's like I've lost my focus and I'm I'm narrowing my focus on something smaller. And the same thing goes for the same thing goes for my 3D is that, you know, I'm okay with I'm okay with shooting a 10. I gotta get to the point where I'm not okay with shooting a 10, to the point to where like if I run my plan and I'm doing everything that um I think I should be doing then I should hit the 12 and if I'm not hitting the 12 then I need to get my mind right and adjust my focus and to make whatever modification I need to make to where I'm hitting them because ultimately that's what these guys that are winning that's what their focus is their focus is on the small things their expectation is to hit them you know to hit what they're aiming at not hoping that it hits and there's a there's a big difference
1: I I ran into a little bit of that this year. I'd I'd break several several shots across I mean months apart from each other. And I'd be like, dang it, no idea where that went. Everybody's glassing. They're like, it's right in there, dude. Might be at the bottom yeah. of it. But you're, you're right in there, and yep. you just keep that focus and let your shot let your shot process play out. And even if I didn't know exactly where it broke, I was looking not at the pin but through the pin and you know if you just pick that spot on that foam down there and you do everything on your end to break clean and don't don't look around the bow or or throw it at the end you just let let it break on its own and nine times out of ten it's going to be there and that was so surprising to me because I I just wasn't used to it that it, it, it really helps your confidence when you know, it, it, the shot breaks down, you hold a little long, the hinge doesn't quite go and then bang, it's right there. And so,
2: so, uh, so a dear friend of mine, he's actually the owner of winter Hawk and he builds the toad strings. His name's Tyler Terry. Um, he lives in Arizona. One of the, one of the, um, things he taught me 10 years ago was the, uh, your subcon when you're aiming a bow, your subconscious mind is pushing when you're aiming, your subconscious mind is 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 pushing your pin back to the center of that dot it's it's naturally you it's it's forcing it back whether you think it is or not and so that's one of the things we teach at the academy is that if you'll just let the pin sit in the middle and focus on the process of your shot uh, other than trying to force your pin in there if you'll just let it float and just work through your process it will blow your mind how many times you will just blow the middle out of that target because your mind is taking your 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 mind is taking your bow back to where it's supposed to be. You just gotta basically get out of its way and just focus on the fundamentals of 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 breaking that clean shot. And uh, there's a uh, that's part of you know the target panic thing I talked about. Once you get over target panic, is is uh, you know learning those fundamentals and letting that happen. Um, there's actually a cool little trick that you do that you can take a pin and you can hold your pin up. Take a ballpoint pin. And use that as like an up pin of a, of a site and, and, and aim it. You can do this at home. Aim it at just something like pick a dot or something like that. And just focus on that pin and then, you know, and, and look at its movement and see what it does. And then on a piece of paper, draw what you see. And I guarantee you, and then go back and see, go back and look to where that, if you, if you could, if you could mark one place where you drew over the most whereas one place that that pin crossed the most, it's going to be the center and you can identify that. And so it's really a percentage is you're holding your, you're holding that pin on where you're aiming. It, your subconscious mind is pushing it back to where it's supposed to be. You just focus on your process of your shot. And when that shot fires, the chance of you being where your mind is pushing it back to be is going to be greater than you just trying to physically put it there. Because once you physically put it there and you start to fight it, that's when you're you know that's when your panic can step in and that's where you start to you know you start to command things when you don't need to be commanding them
1: <laughs> that's that's what Dave and I were talking about this yesterday or the day before about the forgiveness of a bow where if i if i manipulate that hinge at the end there's no chance that that arrow is going to be in the yellow it's going to be red for sure and i, I don't yeah. a, I don't think that's a bow not being forgiveness i think you have to do 100% of your execution Like you have to nail it. And then if that arrow doesn't catch, then we can talk about forgiveness. I don't think it it applies to shots that you, okay, it's been 14 seconds, just dump it. My eyes are starting to, you know, starting to water, or maybe ought to let this one down. If you don't run your process, I don't think you get to start evaluating, you know, air, tip weight, how many veins, what kind of vein. I just don't think you're going to be able to get to that determination without saying, I ran my shot, I worked the process and I broke it clean.
2: I, I think that's just now, this is just my personal opinion, totally in my opinion, but dumping a hinge or commanding a hinge and just is just probably honestly one of the worst things I think a person can do. I know a lot of people do that and they're comfortable doing that. If you're going to do that, if you're going to command something, I would personally recommend a trigger just because a trigger, it's, it's in my opinion it's the most accurate thing you can shoot because it's going to be absolutely identical when it fires versus a hinge because you're going you can have different face pressure and things like that when you're coming off a sear of a button or or an index release that it's to me it's it's the same you're it's you're repeating that same it's coming off your release the same every single time to where a hinge it's going to be close but there could be marginal differences so if you're plucking one with a hinge you're just, your margin for error just, just you know, it it grew greatly. So that's, uh, if a person has to punch one or has to command one, I would say do, I would say do a, uh, you know, I would say do some sort of trigger style release, which I mean, come on. I mean, my goodness, some of the best shooters in the world, you know. I, and that's another thing, you get into punching. It's punching a trigger, if you can repeat it over and over and over and over, and do the exact same thing over and over and and it's not you don't have any panic then it's probably the most accurate way you can shoot a bow honestly but most people can't do that they can't punch it like that while having some sort of uh, anticipation or some sort of panic um you know they just they they just, it just it's just the mind thing if if most i say 99% of all archery shooters have had target panic at some point in their you know some point in their career or their, their journey and um, it's one of those things that I don't recommend it. I would definitely learn the the proper way to do it before you start doing that. But I mean, I know some good shooters that, you know, Remington Boyer, dude is a buddy of mine. I mean, he started he started punching a, he started punching a thumb trigger and shooting thirty X's every time he you know got onto a Vegas round. But I mean, he doesn't have any panic, you know. So that's That's a that's, a that's a whole another subject
1: yeah it for for me it's the the bills always do and i and i get i get beat by a lot of good shooters that that punch a hinge very well and i i know that if enough time goes by the bills do and anticipation is a byproduct of getting better at aiming and the longer you shoot archery the better at aiming you get and you start to start to lose that focus and say now it's time to make that one go it's about there and then that's when the right. the, little sh- the little shimmy shake shows up that's there's
2: always i uh, it's i mean obviously this is not an absolute but typically people who dump hinges they'll have that they'll have one arrow they'll have that one arrow that's just super bad <laughs> it'll be the one that's You know, it's, uh, it's not good. And that's, and they'll, and they'll, and they'll say that, but there's a lot of dude, there's a lot of good shooters that that do dump hinges and they're very successful at it. Like, that's why I say it's completely just my opinion.
1: A lot of, a lot of ways to skin a cat.
2: Oh yeah, (laughs) man. That's, and, and ultimately at the end of the day, whatever you can do, whatever you can repeat time and time and time again, that is, that's where you need to be. If you can repeat it over and over and over and over, like, to me, that's that's where you that's where you need to be shooting. You know, it might not be exactly how I do it. It might not be exactly how Chris Hammond does it, or Kyle Anderson, or you know these guys. It might not be how they do it. But if you can do it your you know your way, and you can repeat that perfectly over and over again, then that's where you need to be because that's where you're going to find your best result. Now, granted, people might disagree with that, but that's what I have found you know to be you know successful.
1: My. A lot of my older scores from a couple of years ago that I'll go back and look at some of my notes were upper two nineties on a Vegas with a button. And it just doesn't, it's just not fun for me to have 29 good ones and one miss the paper. So uh-huh. that's, that's why I, that's why I stick with the hinge. You know, they might be yellow. Some, some of them might be red. Some of them might be big red. And it, I just know that if I stick to my process, in the end they're going to be more middle than what I was doing with a button. And the numbers, the numbers don't show that yet, but it just made it to where, you know, on a 3D course I'd have 18 good ones, I'd have a five, and I'd have one I was looking for. And it just was, it was, it was a miserable drive home, knowing that I was not in control of what was happening to to myself at full draw. It was just not a not something I could because then you got to wait a whole week to go to the next tournament because you can practice and say it's all fixed, but you know you got to get in that pressure situation yeah, before absolutely. you before you can really look yourself in the mirror and say, "All right, we did it, you know we 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 made a good shot. Yeah, we didn't win. The other guys was you know closest to center or he had us on twelve count, whatever the case may be. But I can live with myself a lot more when when it's a hinge that I'm shooting, and we'll
2: we'll we'll see. That's another thing that adds to that, is, that it is like when you find success, that's another thing when it's a really a big uh, jumping point um, is when you find success and you have success. So like, you, you know, you work on all these things, you get your ball where it's supposed to be, you figure out how it is under pressure, but then you have success or you make a podium and you do those things. Man, the confidence that that gives you just, I mean confidence is huge in archery and if you and if you're super confident in, in your system you're managing you know you're you're if you're, if you're confident in, in how you're about to manage the course you're confident in your shot you're confident in those things and it's and it's uh you know it's it's uh proven success man that's that's hard to beat that's that's uh that's where that's where it gets really fun
1: it 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 is a it's a very fun sport because every course is every course is just a little bit different even some of the indoor ranges i mean i'm noticing the more the more i shoot this year that the lighting the the environment the the crowdedness to, between different space like you got to be able to go tune it all out and just work on your shot so i'm 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 excited to shoot some more indoors, some different places um you gotta, and gotta I come
2: down uh, and shoot the academy
1: I sure will. I know, tell tell everybody real quick what days you guys, I know you guys have a weekly, is it a jackpot shoot? Yep.
2: Every Thursday night at 630, we do a, a jackpot shoot and um, it's a, uh, we've had a, we've had a really good turnout. Um, we didn't have one on Thanksgiving day, but this Thursday, 630, we'll be there. It's $15. Um, we have a, a men's open and hunter class and a women's hunter and open class so you know you the we've got a place for everybody we, we're not we don't have any kids shooting right now. Um, we'll get to that but just not right now so it's a lot of fun though we've uh, we're uh, I, I know we've had a great um, we've had a great turnout and it seems like a great response from everybody in the community they're they're really enjoying it. What target
0: place are you shooting?
2: I'm sorry I could I didn't hear you there.
0: What place are you shooting for your
1: jackpots? <laughs>
2: uh vegas we're shooting vegas faces
1: you have you got them all geared up to shoot the uh the asas this spring we kick them off in february uh
2: yes so we so what's really cool is we have a lot of people there you know what the asa was that's come through the shop and i've been able to share with them about the asa oklahoma asa you as our new director Um, so that's, there's a lot of, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to shoot Oklahoma ASA that have never even shot an ASA before ever. So, um, everybody's really, uh, really excited about it for the people that I've talked to. And I mean, it's more than just a handful too. I mean, there's, there's a bunch of people. I mean, people are starving for something fun to do. And like I said earlier, I mean, especially if you find somebody who is a competitor and you learn that there's an outlet that you can go compete again and not only compete, but have a chance to be a professional at, I mean, that's, It's pretty cool. There's been a really, really positive response uh, to that. So, which brings back to why we're, you know, we'll be bringing a 3D course. So, that'll be be pretty cool.
1: I know we don't have our official schedule out yet, but I can tell you that there will be one every weekend in February after Vegas before Foley. So, I don't know how I know... I know Vegas is at the beginning of the month. And I know Foley's the 21st through the 25th. So those first couple weeks, when you're getting back and and ready to get out there with the uh, 26, I guess you're shooting 27s for for indoor. But when you're ready to when you're ready to shoot those 26s, we're gonna we've already got qualifiers on the books. So right after you get back from Vegas, get you get you a tape past 20 yards, and we'll be ready to do it. Yeah that's
2: that's uh yeah i'm excited about it man 3d gets it's it's uh it, it's crazy how fast it's gone i mean here we are fixing to be december i mean we're gearing and we're gearing up as it is i mean i feel like we just quit the classic and the rut's almost over i can't i, I can't believe it that's that's what i've been doing is cutting up deer meat so
1: <laughs> i bet dave would be the person to talk to you about that I yeah, have done so a you, few
0: thousand.
2: yeah i bet you have
1: that's that's pretty cool.
0: Well, guys, let's look at wrapping this up. Um, I think our best listening is is in the past. I think we will brain freeze people from what we've already talked about. So, Ryan, go through real quick two things. Um, sound your sponsors one more time. Let's give them great shout outs because without them, we won't be able to do what we do. And tell everyone where they can. He stay with your g2 academy and or yourself if you've got yourself out there that that you want people to follow
2: uh yes sir so my my sponsors are darton darton archery black eagle conquest stabilizers b3 shrewd flesh flesh products uh winter hawk winter hawk with toad strings and i don't believe i'm leaving anybody out i think that's it that's that's um those are those are my my main sponsors, and uh, you can find uh, you can, if you're not uh, Instagram is our G two underscore OSA, but you can also follow me personally at Toe underscore forty two on Instagram or Ryan Matthew Thomason on Facebook. And uh, I would love uh, man hit me up, follow me, shoot me a message. I'll I'll help you any way I can as far as if you have any questions on three D or you know bow setups or, or want to know what I'm running, just shoot me a message. I I uh, that's I, I I want to help as many people as I can because I mean 10 years ago I was that's exactly where I was messaging people, you know, learn trying to learn, you know, trying to learn the game, trying to learn the process and uh, there's a lot of a lot of giving people out there that helped me out uh, in my uh, in my journey. Um, I don't know if y'all know who Jamie Jamison or Justin Bethel. I mean, I want to mention those guys because they those guys helped me out so much when I first started and uh, they didn't have to and uh, they did and I'm very grateful. For uh, you know, every bit of morsel of knowledge that they 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 gave me, <laughs> it was. Uh, we'd be people. remiss.
0: We'd be remiss if we didn't ask this one question, and and I apologize. We just jumped right into this podcast, but Ryan, tell us about your bow
2: setup. We ain't even asked that. <laughs> oh man, so, yeah. So well, right now I'm shooting the departure, which things are a little bit different. You know right now, just because of my shoulder, you know, with my shoulder surgery and everything. But typically I usually run a 30 inch front, 15 back. Um, Sometimes I'll run dual back bars. Um, When I shot for Matthews, I ran duals, but uh, I found that the Darton really likes the single. uh, 15 inch back, I'm a a B3, uh, Q2 sight with a shrewd, uh, the new uh, 29 millimeter uh, Optum uh, four power, uh, feather vision lens uh one oh down pin uh hamsky epsilon rest, hamsky peep and i'm currently shooting i if i have a plethora of b3 releases so it's either it's either going to be a four finger hinge or a uh, uh the hook uh hook broadhead
0: and what are you hoping that your arrow will end up being
2: drawing and drawing through your bow what do you what you are drawing I'm 29 inches, right? I'm tw- really tw- 29 and an eighth, actually. And uh, my uh, arrow, I want to run a, uh, I want to run a PS. I want to run a 26 um, to speed. So I'm, um, I'm, I'm hoping I'll be around 60 pounds. I'm, you know, I'm hoping I can get to 60 pounds by the end of February. And so whatever, whatever, whatever 26 I can run, you know, spine 26 I can run to, to 290, at least 290. So I don't know, I don't, I don't, I don't get, I mean, I've, I've shot every kind of arrow under the sun as far as point weight and, you know, how much forgiveness it brings and all that kind of stuff. At the end of the day, um, I like the 26. It's a, it's a great shaft. Um, I'll probably end up having to run a hundred grains up front. Um, I can't, uh, there is a, uh, um, I can't really talk about that, but there's there's some new products coming from Flex Fletch. That's going to be really cool. I'll be watching the ATA show. I'll be running that, and then, um, uh, yeah. So that's that's my arrow setup as far as as far as that goes. So,
0: so your go to three or four veins?
2: Well, that's what I can't really talk about. I'm hoping to okay. try no, some four. No, let's some, not some, get some, anybody some, in
0: trouble. We don't want to be blacklisted. Yeah, some four flag.
2: i'm gonna be trying that's what i mean do you prefer a three or a four right now i shoot a three um i I shoot the sk2s yeah Yeah, i shoot the sk2s uh from flex fletch um uh, actually if you go on flex fletch's website there i've got a review video there that's pretty cool um that's pretty kind of them to put it on there um uh but I, I talk about in depth about uh what i like about the vein and and, and the, what i like and how i shoot it and stuff like that so if you wanted more information just go to their website so great oh well. great and also i will i'll say this really quick if you go to my instagram page if you're looking for a set of strings uh winterhawk toad i have a link there that you can click on that link and it'll get you uh it'll get you 10 percent off in your next set so just throwing that out there if you were interested in, in some of those strings and your shop hours? Um, very unique. Uh, so I work for Exxon Mobil as my as my day job. So I work for Exxon. So uh, it's all everything is in the afternoon. So we're open Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. And then on Sunday from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. So we're closed on Wednesdays and on Saturdays. So it's kind of an odd, very odd, from what I can tell, but. It's more of an afternoon, it's a, it's an afternoon part-time, you know, shop that's open at the time. And those hours will change as summer gets here and things like that. But just during hunting season and just the winter, in the winter hours, that's where we're at, from 4 to 7 p.m. in the afternoons.
1: Are you going to be closing it when you travel to the pro or do you have somebody there with you?
2: No, so um, we've got a, uh, uh, we've got some help, um, Brad Thorpe from uh, Ardmore. He's, uh, he's, uh, he's like a diamond in the rough, man. I found a guy who's literally worked in every bow shop. That's this been in this County and he's very graciously come up and is helping us. And, uh, he, um, uh, he's a stud. So yeah, I've got some, I've got some help, uh, there that we're able to, you know, be open when we wouldn't be. So I'm super excited about that.
1: Uh, Glad you have some, have some good backup.
2: Oh yeah. As you got it, that's, man, you can't, you got to have, you got to have, you got to have good people in your corner and um, you got to have help. You're not going to be successful unless you got good people in your corner. That's um, I'm a firm believer in that. And uh, that's, that's one thing we have a, we have a really, we you know, we have a really good team there at G2. We have some, we got some guys on staff there. I would mentioned their names, you know, Kyle, Kyle Anderson. He's from up there. Brody Reed, um zach fly um there's we've we've got some good guys that are on staff there that shoot and that travel and shoot the circuit so it's uh if you didn't have those people um jared jared marsh um there's just there's a lot of good people around in uh around there that that make it happen and you're not gonna make anything happen unless you got you know those kind of people helping you well
0: that's a fact i was around when kyle got his bow is new dart, and I'm going to tell you what, that is a lure. I love that paint scheme and, and the it's setup sharp. of it. Man, that is
2: sharp. It is. I, that, I'm telling you, some folks better watch out for old Kyle Anderson in the semi-pro class. The, the dude is, he's hungry, so... That's that's all I'm gonna say. He's hungry, and it it wouldn't surprise me at all if he wins out and goes pro. It's, it's 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 that's gonna happen. But it wouldn't surprise me if it's sooner than later. I can promise you that. That dude's pounding right now.
0: He's he's done a good slow growth, um, and he has studied when he needed to learn. Um, i on the outside looking in. That's what I've observed.
2: Yep, he's uh, I've. Kyle and I've been traveling together for a couple of years now. He's a really good buddy of mine, and um, uh, um, he—it's kind of a funny, it's kind of an inside joke. But I just—I tell him, "Man, just do it. You'll be fine." And uh, he always kids me about that. And uh, he's—he's had his fair share of of fail, but he, man, he—he is—he's—he's one of those guys I'm talking about. He's a competitor. That's all he's ever done is compete and it it upsets him when he doesn't succeed and that's why he's going to be successful is because he doesn't like to lose and that's uh uh there's a lot of guys like that you know and that's what I love about this sport is that you can it's you and you, it's you versus you man it's you and that bow and if if you if it's not anybody else's fault but your own if if, if you're not being successful so that's uh I'm a firm believer in that
0: well, it's it's, a- right?
1: I said it's a blessing and a curse at the same time.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's archery. It's just archery. That is the definition of archery right there, just archery. Archery happens.
0: That's right. Well, everybody, let's get off here. Let's go. uh, If you're into late-night snacks, go get your snack. Let's get some sleep. Gentlemen, Ryan, we really appreciate it. We definitely want to bring you back on when you get um, really close to launching those uh, classes at your academy.
2: Absolutely, guys! Thank you so much for having me on. I've really enjoyed the the, the fellowship and the uh, and the time.
1: Bet. <laughs> Thanks oh, for coming. Up. I appreciate you.
2: Yeah, guys. God bless. Have a good one.
0: Yes, sir. Bye.